Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, we're no, going no. to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show livecast for November 16th, 2014. I said it that way in rehearsal, and Christopher really liked it, so <laughs> I, I thought I, I would do it, it again. I it, and I told you to correct it. But you're Eric. Tonight, we will not be commenting on Kim's ass or Mary-Kate's face. Mm. Mary-Kate, because we don't think that actresses having plastic surgery is news or even interesting. Mm-mm. And Kem, because we continue to refuse to do anything to contribute to the celebrity of a family who made their names off the brutal murders of Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. They disgust us, and we encourage Ryan Seacrest, who we do like, to make them go away. Meanwhile, we have no comment on an aging amateur porn star's desperate attention-seeking social media postings of body parts everyone has already seen and which have seen better days. Now, put that away and go away. Also not being discussed on tonight's live cast, the leader of a Russian hate group called Occupy Pedophilia, <laughs> who used fake social media profiles to entrap and torture gay Russians, oh dear. has had his five-year sentence to a prison labor camp reduced. Well, of course he has. We won't be discussing that he's not actually in prison for kidnapping and torturing gay Russians in the first place. <laughs> of course not. But for making extremist statements against the government. Hmm. And we won't be discussing that his sentence has been reduced because there were allegedly no casualties as a result of his crimes, because at trial, his crimes did not include kidnapping and torturing gay people. 
people. Right? We also won't be learning how to pronounce his multisyllabic Russian name. Fuck him. Because while we do believe in a certain measure of cultural sensitivity on the dinner party show, we won't be extending it to hateful, monstrous fucks who should spend the rest of their lives rotting in jail. Fuckface fuckski. (laughs) (laughs) We also cannot find the words to describe our feelings about Michigan's dictatorial, anti-democracy, anti-government governor... Rick the Dick Snyder's assertion that because of a legal technicality, the state should have not only the right to take away constitutionally guaranteed human rights, they should now be able to take away the actual marriages of its gay citizens. If we believe in hell, Dick, we'd hope that there was an especially horrible room there reserved just for you. The Dick Room. <laughs> Well, that sounds kind of nice. We will not be discussing the Idaho school teacher who snapped a live rabbit's neck and then skinned the animal in front of her entire class. Also, she could show them, quote, where their food came from. Except we would like to ask, were you excused if you didn't eat rabbit? It doesn't matter. We don't care enough to discuss it. We're not sure if she's an animal rights advocate or a skilled hunter. We're just glad she was stopped before she got to the unit on prime rib preparation. Gross. You did that whole item just for that line, Christopher I just Rice. imagine a teacher slaughtering a cow in you front of her classroom. Terrible, oh, Christopher horrible. Rice. I'm horrible. Uh, we are also speechless over the decision of Florida's DMV to revoke federally recognized same-sex married couples' driver's licenses unless... They reapply using their non-married names, which do not appear on their social security cards or any of their other official documents because they are, you know, married. Jesus. All we can say is Florida. Come for the hideous weather, voter fraud, and random shootings, and stay for the hateful discrimination. Or better, how about Florida making Alabama feel better about themselves? <laughs> As for everything else, sorry, Alabama, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric Shaw Quinn, I want to ask you, you do realize that the man on whom pretty much our entire show depends, Brandon Griffith, was born in Alabama. With a banjo on his knee. Apparently so. But I said he spent most of his younger life in Tennessee, and so he should just keep it a secret that he was born in Alabama. I grew up in Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and South Carolina, so I feel like I've got this covered. <laughs> the shame state, That's as we correct. call them here That's in right. the shame belt. hippy-tippy iPadville, otherwise known as California. What's that stupid joke? If you tilt the country to the left, all the fruits and nuts roll over to the... Left, right? Isn't that the joke? I I think that's why I came here, so I don't know why that's funny. Well, we also roll over here and make every fucking device that your life is dependent on. And, oh, also, we have most of your produce, so don't piss us off or else you won't have vegetables for, like, the next five years. And most of your money and most of the population. And most of your TV Mm -hmm. and your bullshit reality show. Welcome to the bitter... Two-year anniversary. The bitter old hag edition of the Dinner Party Party Show. show, Because we're usually, we're just usually (laughs) a ray of sunshine on your Sunday evening. I swear to God, Christopher, I am in that sort of 
Christmas vacation kind of mode. You know, this right towards the end before the holidays start in school where everybody just doesn't give a fuck anymore, including the staff. And uh-huh. It, it kind of goes wild in the streets. Well, I'm kind of there. It's like, yeah, we could do a show or um, go shopping yeah. or watch stuff on TV or... Yeah, Look I was kind porn. of there too. I'm I'm sick. I don't know if anyone who follows me on social media is aware that I've been sick and at home watching Supernatural. Yeah, you look really fragile. Actually, I have makeup on because I had one of the worst cold sore outbreaks ever, and the makeup makes me look like I've been nibbling on a wedding cake because it's all on my <laughs> upper lip. And I was like, how long until Eric Shaw Quinn makes a comment? And you didn't, so I finally got to make that joke. So I'm very happy to be here. However, before we get off on other topics like whatever it is you want to talk about tonight, <laughs> last year Which on our take pretty much the rest of the show. Last year on our one year anniversary, Eric was very sweet, and he came dressed up. Um, which usually if it's a You're the Guest show where it's just the two of us in the studio, we don't dress up. Um, but Eric came dressed up and he brought a present for me. And I came in like a T-shirt and shorts and had no gift on our one-year anniversary. Because Christopher sucks. So this year I'm presenting you with a very special gift. Why don't you open it live on the air? Heads up, guys. You um, want to photograph this for Instagram? Yeah, let's photograph. I'm photographing it for Instagram right effing now. Let's so see how this, this works. Can we... Yeah. Does this untie? Eric, it's a bag with a gift in it. Just open it. It's well, then why did you tie the handle? I didn't together, tie anything. Rice? It was the chatty guy at the candle store who tied it all together. You were flirting with the guy at the candle store. I was store. not. You think I'm going to flirt with a cake God. of makeup all over my upper lip to hide my cold sores? <laughs> yes, source? I do. All right. Well, maybe I, I did a little. totally do. He was flirting with me, which is how it usually is it goes. Gonna, is it safe for me to stick my hand down in the bag? Candle store. I am now posting... You love frankincense and myrrh <gasps> and acquiesce. Frankincense and myrrh candle. Right, and <gasps> acquiesce, which does not give any promotional consideration to the dinner party show because we don't have any fucking advertisers yet. Um, but we now, would love some. In addition, because your gift is my self-promotional opportunity, I have given you the candle that inspired my erotic romance, <gasps> The Flame, which released just last week. <laughs> I smelled the candle that you're smelling oh. now, and I became wow. sexually aroused. I'm telling you, it's got tobacco in it, right? Um, I don't know what. It's got lilac and candle wax, and it just it smells like a... Oh, my God. It smells heaven. like a woman and a man in one, which is why I wrote a bisexual erotic romance novella. Yeah, it smells like an after-sex cigarette. Yeah. It's Excellent. wonderful. It's so for delicious. our listeners at home, as opposed to our listeners here, which is our two tech guys who are currently napping because we've put them to sleep with our banter, the candle, the sex candle. He's taking it away from me. I want to give them the name. It's uh, something French. <laughs> I'll post it later. I can't read it. It's too fucking dark in our studio. And it's called Royd something of the sun. It's T-R-U. Truden. C-I-R-E-T-R-U-D-O-N. Yeah, that sounds very French. Trudy. French Trudy candle. The v, it's, they did the V thing like Latin where they spell the U with a V. Okay. And that it's called great. Solus Rex. Yeah, so it's King of the Sun. It's really delicious. Right? It That's just a very inspirational it. candle. And then the other one, Gold Frankincense and Myrrh. Think of all of that inspired. Now, listen, my nose is so screwed up right now, I couldn't tell if it really smelled like Frankincense and Myrrh. So you you need to be the judge. How does it smell? You're smelling it right now. 
oh, wow, it smells really heady. And it's also got like some citrus notes to it. Is that a good I'll thing or a bad thing? I'll be interested in smelling it. I, like, it's probably a good thing because it'll probably give more rise to the actual frankincense and myrrh. You gave me that one frankincense candle that smells, the candle smells great, but when you light it, you can't smell anything at all. Yeah, that's also a French Trudy candle, whatever those are called, them French, French and Trudy's candles so anyway that is my anniversary gift to you eric Sharquin. wow well Happy you really second anniversary. And, you, and he wore you know like a nice um blue polo, polo shirt. shirt don't so. tell amy bellino i wore blue again she wants me to stop wearing blue she's always leaving what's Facebook up with comments. that um so tonight is a you're the guest show and what that means <laughs> is <laughs> i was like there's a warning on my candle about preventing fire and personal injury read by the, not read the warning um you're, we're going to do that again, huh? Remove candle from packaging before lighting. <laughs> yeah, don't light the candle while it's still in the cardboard box. Don't light this candle if you're an idiot. That's yeah. the warning. Really, you should go ahead and like put all the rest of us out of our misery. Well, thank you, Christopher. That's really lovely. And you look great in blue. I don't know what Amy's talking about. She's crazy. I love well, you, Amy, she's, but She's just you're worried crazy. that I wear it all the time and I wear anything besides blue. And the reason I don't is because I look great in blue. And also, I live in a city where you can wear polo shirts to important business meetings. So, Because <laughs> you're always at important business meetings. I'm always meetings. at important business meetings. Just running from one important business meeting to the next. Well, that was lovely. That's great. I'm leaving now. I got okay, my you present. got your shit. You can I got get out. Shit, I'm out of here, babe. So tonight is a You're the Guest show, which means we opened up. Our party line is always open. I should but stop saying that. But I got the presents. Also, I would like to say that I brought anniversary pralines from New Orleans. Yes, and we've Instagrammed photos of those. Brandon and Brett were both Brandon holding and up Brett and Christopher went outside for 1.7 seconds to eat his. I was really astonished. Did you, like, swallow it like a pill? No, but the rule here, dinner party show people, is that if you eat anything in the studio, Eric makes you get a plate. Because I don't want crumbs all over the studio, or rats. Rat, because we have a huge rat problem here at the dinner party show. All that primary we don't, leave out. Because there are not crumbs everywhere. <laughs> Raps, Stop raps kept being away. right about everything. Raps kept away. So tonight is the year of the guest show, okay? And that means we take voicemails from our party line. We threw out a couple topics this week on social media. I'm telling you. But Shay Butters also mans and patrols and, and cooks up trouble on our Facebook page. And he has already sent me a question from Buffy Peterson, which reads as follows. How hard is it to write when you're dick? <laughs> Sick. Oh, my God, he writes a message later. So... Let's just say that Siri and autocorrect work with your commonly used words on your phone, so we know what Shay has been texting people about a whole bunch. Uh -huh. And it's not the cold. Apparently, it's not being sick. Apparently, it's not being sick. So, so uh, uh, yeah, and I would say um, the the first question is actually a bigger challenge to getting your writing done than the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being sick is certainly an inconvenience, but having a dick really kind of screws up everything. Well, right. In a good way. It's the Harvey Firestein joke, right? He's like, what does it take to start writing? Well, you just, you dim the lights, you get yourself a cup of tea, you turn on the computer, and you start masturbating. Uh -huh. That's how Harvey Firestein writes. So, yeah. <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> well... We um, have a lot to talk about tonight on the dinner party show. Because usually we have hardly anything to say. <laughs> I'm going to try to get a few words in edgewise once Eric gets rolling. That's why I haven't shut up. This whole... Actually, I haven't shut up because I'm on a whole bunch of fucking sinus medicine. I haven't been out of the house in four days. It's very exciting up in here. 
Um, so we we are going to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. We're Didn't gonna... I sound hip when I said up in here like that? Up in uh, up in here. Yeah. You need to turn it into an H E A kind of totally. thing. Totally. We're going to talk about um, an interesting question from party person Sharon Haas mm. in our next segment, and then we have a lot to discuss regarding the forthcoming Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Okay then. Are you tired of other people's children? Multiple studies confirm the likelihood of experiencing an infection or injury caused by someone else's child has tripled in the past year alone. Don't put yourself at the mercy of other people's indulgent parenting styles. Arm yourself with a bottle of new and improved Child Mist. of Wife Stoppers gum and no libido chewing tobacco comes a brand new test animal approved product that will allow you to hold back the relentless onslaught of rugrats the next time you have to visit your sister. Whether it's your brother's colicky baby who won't stop screaming no matter how much he burps him, or your neighbor's six-year-old who won't stop asking you questions about dinosaurs even though you already told him a hundred times you don't know anything about dinosaurs, Child Mist is there for you. Each spray bottle contains a possibly safe, entirely medicinal blend of three different herbally suggested volumes which places the offending child in a light nap upon contact. Naps range from three to seven hours in duration and that means with just a few sprays of child mist, your Sunday evening family dinner can go from a drool-splattered episode of The Walking Dead to a placid Norman Rockwell painting with a lot of sleeping children in it. Child Mist. Try it today on your neighbor's dog. To find the location of an unauthorized dealer near you, send an email to jm at childmist.com and we'll tell you where to meet our guy who has the stuff. Child Mist. We'll knock them out until you've had a chance to get out. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party <laughs> the Show. The most unprofessional show on the radio when or the internet. was our professional? So apparently I'm being told that my transition into that last spot wasn't the smoothest. <laughs> well, I think he was actually sniping at me. What did I say? Like, well then, or something. <laughs> I don't know. You were just talking and was, talking and it was talking. like, oh well, I guess the segment's over then. All right then. Well, let's let's for people who are maybe listening to this show for the first time, let's try to keep them. <laughs> we're from really turning it sorry. Off. We're really sorry. It's usually much better. Than we're this. really tired. We have had a lot to do. I am just all. I I left on vacation. Like it's the holidays come in. I've turned on the the holiday the the pre holiday where where. Winter solstice for the music, Wyndham mm-hmm. Hill winter solstice for the music, and we've switched to um, home scent um, cinnamon, but we, we haven't gone full holiday yet. Uh-huh. 
that's, well, that's coming. Beautiful. That'll be after Thanksgiving. So yeah, I'm already getting in the sort of holiday. The house is full of presents. I've been gift wrapping. I've I think I've I've got one more stop and I'm done with my Christmas shopping. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, I was on a book tour for two weeks and then I got sick the minute I came home. But we also we did our show live in front of an audience All last Sunday. Excuses. Christopher's just nothing but excuses. Yeah, and he's just nothing but <laughs> gift wrapping as usual. It's like you come every December. You're covered in glitter everywhere you go because you I have really this. Am. This um, delightfully gay wrapping paper in your house. I will have a certain amount of glitter on me until mid to late January. You are the man who introduced me to the phrase, gay is a holiday tablecloth. That's so I me. Will say that. So Christmas in your house means a Christmas village, which we right. were talking about before the show started. And there is an essential component of your Christmas village, which surrounds the base of your Christmas tree. And that component is called glimmer snow. That's correct. What makes glimmer snow and I glimmer have to say, snow? I, it's getting to be a scarcer commodity. I'm concerned. I, Target doesn't even have it this year. I'm going to have to go to dun, 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 Kmart, which I haven't been to. Nothing against Kmart, but I, I haven't been to Kmart in I can't really think how long. I honestly don't know when the last time. So glimmer snow is polyester, um, spun polyester batting that mm-hmm. looks sort of snowy and then it has a certain amount of um, iridescent plastic sprinkled and glued to it so that when you unroll it it sort of has a, a little bit of glimmer to it a little sparkle to it sometimes it has glitter but usually um, in my experience glimmer snow has these it's like that sort of um well, iridescent. I don't know a better way. It's like clear plastic iridescent paper that's been cut up into sort of like confetti and glued to the batting. And then it provides the sort of base. Without the, the glimmer snow, this Christmas, greater Christmasville would be light up houses and extension cords sitting on boxes. It would be not very Christmas. But, but, but even if you use just regular Christmas snow, like if you just use, it would just look like they were on a bunch of clouds, I guess. Well, would, like clouds like, on your floor. They don't have that either. Like it's either that or nothing. Like, I don't understand the dichotomy here. This is what you were saying before the show. And right. I'm like, couldn't you just glimmer use snow regular... is all there is. There isn't regular snow. There's glimmer snow and there's nothing. They don't make just fake snow without glimmer in it. Glimmer free like, fake snow. I don't understand Christmas anymore. It's getting too complicated. Well, like, what do you usually do at your house for Christmas every year, Christopher? I go over and look at your tree and uh, post pictures of it on so Twitter. So you leave. I have cats. I cannot get a Christmas tree. I will say every year when I post the pictures of the greater Christmasville, there are always a certain number of people who say, and if I had cats, if you, I had that in my house, it would already be covered with cats. It would just cats. be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't have cats, so... Romy and Michelle went to live with somebody else. And if you can hear me, Romy and Michelle, I still love you, but I'm not sorry you live with somebody they, else. They can't hear you. They can't hear you. They've moved on. So tonight is a year of the guest show, which means we solicited <laughs> questions for our party line. Christopher is done with me. I'm done with it. That's enough on Christmas. That's the Christmas the segment. We have an interesting question from party person Sharon Haas. Oh, yeah. Why don't I play it for okay. us, Eric Why don't you? Hi, guys. This is Sharon. Uh, I had one question. This Just is for one. both now. If you could be uh, invisible for like one day, hmm. uh, what would you do and where would you go? Huh. I can't wait to hear your both answers. I'd go to the White House, totally. Right? I would like go to the Oval Office. You want yeah. to like, listen in on stuff except... Honestly, I think you wouldn't like it would be if you didn't get to pick the day. I know that's an important part of the question, right? Like most of the time they're not very if you could pick the day, probably somewhere in the government so I could go and hear what they're actually saying, although 
my thoughts are it wouldn't be very interesting even then. I My first reaction, like, obviously there's the dirty, you know, the nasty and, reaction. Like, you go yeah. hang out in Zac Efron's bathroom or Henry Cavill's mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody's dressing room or something like that. So there's there's those kinds of answers. My first impulse was, like, the vault at Tiffany's or the bank or something. So you could go, like— you could go gather up all that you – I'm not a big thief kind of person, but if you're invisible, like it would seem – that would seem to be the best advantage. What but what you're with. stealing is an invisible. So the Tiffany staff would start to see the jewels floating out through the store. Yeah. Well, you know, they would be freaked out. <laughs> they would run screaming. They wouldn't apprehend – they wouldn't be like, get the invisible guy. They would be, like, be like, oh, oh my fuck. God, shit's floating through the store. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. There's a big bag full of I don't know what because it would be in a bag. Maybe I would have. Could I have an invisibility bag to go with? That's I, in my invisibility. I get an invisibility bag, or I could put it under my invisible clothes. Yes, I could take something with a, an invisible jacket with a lot of pockets. This is in it the problem with asking two writers them, a hypothetical fill question them with diamonds. What would? Where would you go? What would you do? I said the I, I would want to go to the White House, but you're right. I would want to schedule it. I would want to go on a day when I knew something was happening. Like I would want to be with the president before he gave the State of the Union address to see how nervous he really was, to see what the speech was probably going to be like before they revised it 300 times, and also to find out if there's any truth to the show The West Wing at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would probably be yes, but kind of dull. Like, I think there would probably be a lot of perfunctory, you know, business kinds of conversations that would be less interesting. Well, you don't know that. That's why you have to be invisible to find right. out. There, there is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could go back in time and be there when Nixon said whatever it was that he erased from right. the tapes, that I would be invisible mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Like if I could pick that. Yeah. But if it's just any old random day, it's, you know, a vault full of diamonds. Okay. A vault full of diamonds. Or something like that. Um, <clears throat> we have another question that came to us via the party line. All right, then. Hi. My name is Melanie. I love your show. You guys do so much uh, to help, you know, struggling writers Uh-oh. and just have uh, so much fun for people on the internet and on your social media pages. So speaking of, Christopher, I wanted to ask you if you plan to do your live tweet like you did last year. I'm pretty sure that was over the holidays because I stayed online the whole time you were on there, and it was really awesome. So both of you take care, and again, thank you so much for bringing what you do to your fans. Bye. What a sweet message. I think what she's referring to is my pledge that I would answer any question on Twitter for the duration of the holidays. Is that I did. the live tweet? I did, yeah. We also, we live tweeted the Oscars, or we yeah, have both years we've been doing the show. But I think that's what it was, because I think I did that over the holiday time. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that again. I think we do that now here on the show, right? right? We've done an Ask Us Anything show. But we are probably going to continue to do things like live tweet the Oscars oh, yeah. and stuff. Those Absolutely. things will continue to happen. So, totally. Yeah. And, uh yeah, you can hardly get Christopher off of Twitter, so I ask knew, him anything I whenever you want. That's why I threw this one in, because I knew comments Quinn yeah, over here was Ask him whatever you want, whenever you feel like it. I don't know why I have to wait around for that. Christopher's live-tweeting our entire lives. Well, you know, right now, um, I only tweet about Supernatural. And thanks to you, I was able to tweet Supernatural trivia last night because I was watching what the cast and creators believe <laughs> is the worst episode of Supernatural they've ever made in nine seasons. Uh, they did a special for the uh, at the launch of this season because it's their 10th year or something. And they just 
last week had their 200th episode. And yeah, they were, it was really fun listening to them talk about like everybody apparently in the whole show. Hated. The episode was called Bugs. And it was terrible. It was terrible. And as you told me, there was a scene where they were all attacked by bees and it was cheaper to actually release live bees on set. And they all got stung and it was horrible and they still couldn't see. So they still had to do CGI bugs right. because you couldn't see the bees. They It was just horrible and it still – yeah, it was everything about the show was apparently a nightmare. It was a really bad show. Yeah. But you know what my theory is? It was one of those shows that the first draft was probably better and then they came in and said, yeah, we can't shoot any of this. You're going to have to rewrite. This is too expensive. You can't do this. We don't have the set for this. And it became a worse and worse show <laughs> with each pared down rewrite. I'm telling you, the luckiest thing that ever happened to those people is they survived like the first – Two years, year and a half of that show. Like, I've really come to love it, but they were just beautiful, was why oh, I kept watching initially. They why were just I'm watching. They are just fine looking men. And then eventually the show kind of became, it kind of figured out what it was and off they went. And, right. But yeah, the, the early days were like, oh, okay, we're just going to, let's make a TV show. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get a camera and some sticks and make a TV show. Uh, I only have 191 episodes left. Yeah, it's got a lot of catching up to do. I there. don't know if I'm going to catch up, but I'm going to watch it a little at a time and just imagine that I am Jensen Eccles' jacket. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> now, there's an invisible place to be. Well, we're going to take a short break here on the Dinner Party Show. This is me smoothly introducing a series of promos and a little musical break. This is a great time to go and pee out all that whiskey you had to drink to get through the first part of our show. Right. I know Eric's probably going to go to the bathroom if he hasn't already. You know, that always happens at the break, and I'm going to get some more tea. But meanwhile, happy anniversary, happy second anniversary to all all of our listeners and everybody out there on the party verse, this is so much fun. I appreciate you doing it with us. Absolutely. And we'll be back here very shortly on the dinner party show. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. Are you tired of idiots? Have you heard one too many ludicrous wingnut conspiracy theories about how our government that can't seem to manage to get pretty much anything done is secretly plotting to deprive us of something? Are you sick of having to be patient with dipshits who don't believe in evolution? Will your head just explode if you have to hear one more moron lying about the Constitution or blathering on about how we should make modern decisions based on some primitive 5,000-year-old nonsense he only says he believes instead of facts or science? Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I think we've suffered fools just about long enough, don't you? Join me in the campaign to criminalize willful stupidity. I'm not talking about being cruel to people who just aren't that bright. I'm talking about the rapidly growing segment of the world population who think that just because they believe something, that means we all should. I'm talking about politicians who are so soulless that they will stand up on national television and deny climate change or evolution or simple, provable economic theory just to get elected. 
and encouraging the truly weak-minded to believe their nonsense in the process. If you're like me and you'd like to lock up those who support superstition and prejudice to justify inequality, injustice, and just plain doing the wrong thing for their own selfish reasons, even though they clearly should know better, join me and help stamp out stupidity in our lifetime. Let's actually do something that really makes a positive change. Let's put an end to the kind of spectacle we saw in the last Republican primary once and for all. Let's get these idiots off the streets and more important, off the airwaves because if you're like me, you've suffered just about enough. Paid for by the Committee to Criminalize Stupidity and Make Pretty Much Everything Else Legal That Doesn't Actually Hurt Anyone. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to Famous Heroin Addicts in History. I'm Christopher Rice. <laughs> I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we're not the heroin addicts. We're talking about Chad Baker. I think he was. He died of a drug overdose, didn't he? I think that's right. Sad. Such sad, a wonderful. Sad. My Funny Valentine is one of my favorites. Yeah. That's such a sweet song. Yeah, that, that is his a version sweet one. is so perfect. Yeah, and he was a handsome guy, right? Yeah, he was a real sweetheart, apparently. Yeah. All right. So we put out a series of questions on social media this week to get the party line going, and we wanted to get people's reactions to the breaking news story that the Fifty Shades of Grey movie—I swear to God—is not going to contain. Any full frontal male nudity. Can you but believe before it? Before we get into that, just to give you some background, we have a clip <clears throat> from a previous episode when our uh, regular guest, Jack Morrissey, resident expert at the dinner party show, talked about meeting the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, E.L. James. And here is that clip right now. So cool. I spent two evenings at hers. As the British expression, wow. the British expression goes, E.L. James, hers. the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, yes, we're at talking hers about in now. London. How was it? Um, is she fun? She's really terrific. Yeah, she's very unbelievably down to earth. Um, she's got two teenage boys and an Irish husband who's uh, hilarious. She does all their laundry. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I mean, she's a, she's. I think she's as surprised as anybody. What do the boys the think of her reputation as? The boys are not dissimilar from Bruce Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey's son, <laughs> as depicted in my partner's movie on same. Also a great who is film. sort of All they've of not read it, but they don't want to know from it. Yeah, I think there are. Little, I hear you. There are yeah. little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got another. <laughs> so that's a little background on E. L. James. A very little bit. I think a very little bit. I think that's more about Jack Morrissey, frankly, <laughs> which I'm actually every bit as interested in. Yes, I absolutely. love Jack. He just has, we have to have him back on the show soon. We do. We absolutely do. So um, the story broke this week. You actually told me that there was not going to be any full frontal male nudity in Fifty Shades of Grey, the uh, movie. Dun, dun, dun. If you have read the novel, which I have read the first, I have not read all three, you know that it's a very, 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 very sexy book. It's Sex. It's a book about sex. Like a, it's a book about sex. That's they're making it into a movie, and the male character is not going to have his clothes off. They're going to be playing a lot of sheet games, I guess, or standing behind tall furniture. I just think that's well. Yes. Anyway, we asked people what their opinion was, we'll and give, we we'll thought tell you ours. we would separate the opinions according to male and female. Well, that so seems first, sensible. we're going to hear from the men who called in on this topic. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Eric. This is Justin Simpson. I'm calling in response to the topic regarding the Fifty Shades of Grey movie not going to contain full frontal male nudity. 
I guess what this implies is a few things. One, that the sex is not going to be as graphic on screen as it is in the book, which is what I thought the whole appeal of this book was, a mainstream book that featured the kind of sex you would see in a Lars von Trier movie, only for a mainstream audience. And two, they're trying to go for an R rating instead of NC-17, which makes me think the studio doesn't have faith that this could go down in history as the most successful NC-17 film of all time. And three, I guess the logic behind not including full frontal male nudity in a non-comedic way is boobs and vagina equals mainstream movie, boobs, vagina, and penis equals pornography. And this is the studio's <laughs> way of saying this movie is not porn like everybody said this book was. This is a mainstream movie. We can probably hang up posters for this movie at our family theme parks, Universal Studios, with no shame. It amazes me the power Boy. of penis has over a movie about sex, especially a, a mainstream movie about BDSM would have that kind of effect. Would you guys agree with me, or do you think I'm overanalyzing this too much? I'd love to know. Let's see what Mike Martinez had to say. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. So uh, this is Mike from Chicago. I just saw your message on uh, Facebook about no full frontal nudity in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. <laughs> wow, that's about uh, as tacky as you can get. A movie about sex that has no penis in it. <laughs> Won't be seeing that movie at all. Not that I read the books, but um, I'm not really into mom porn. Ooh. Except for your mom's porn, which is really good. Okay. You know what? You should read it. Yeah, you know what? yeah thanks, Mike. Talk to you later. Thanks, Great Mike. idea, Mike. Just a side note. Any of my friends who work in the genre of erotic romance, if you call it mommy porn in front of them, they will take your head off. Uh, let's hear what Luke had to say on the subject. Hey, this is Luke. So regarding the Fifty Shades of Grey not having any full frontal male nudity, I was wondering, maybe, does that mean that they'll have side male nudity or maybe male nudity from below? But uh, I always thought that a lot of the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was going to be like uh, the women's erotica written by women for women. So maybe even when they're having, like, hardcore sex scenes, it's all going to be soft lighting and... Mm -mm. Uh, you know, mood music mm -mm. to try and set the tone. No. I don't know. I mean, I, I never read Fifty Shades of Grey. I did read The Flame. It was awesome. Thank you. But Excellent I, I couldn't ever get into Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no, it's not. I mean, I, like, no. I, you know, I've said from the start, the challenge of this movie is how do you make a mainstream movie about a pornographic book? Like, I, I don't want to dismiss the book, but it is... Very overtly sexual. Very. And this is America, and we are totally hung up about sex here and completely freaked out, which I think is what this whole topic is really about, is mm -hmm. people are, I don't know, totally freaked out about penises. I, I don't know what it is, particularly. I wrote a piece on uh, ericshawquinn.com called Shame. It was actually about a different topic, but it really sort of brought up the same kind of like... What is it? It was around the Anthony Weiner scandal. And it right. was like, why is this so much bigger a deal than boobs, which are in our face all the time? Literally, by design, they design clothing to lift them up and shove them in your face. I can tell you why this is a big deal. 
Men make this a big deal because we can hide how big or small our dick is up until the last second. Women can't. Women have no choice. They can make them bigger through surgery or through padding. But you're right. They're all out there. If it's a competition, they have to compete the day they walk out the door. But men can keep it a secret and can pose. It's men who freak out over this. It's but, male studio executives who won't show dick. But, but, but yeah, what difference does it make that some actor in a movie, like, it's one thing, yeah, mine is my own business and I'm not going to go waving it at anybody's face until, you know, the appropriate moment that... <laughs> But why would somebody, why would you care about it being in a movie? I just think it's weird. I once gave a hard time to a friend of mine, Andrea, who had directed La Liaison Dangerous, and she had the girls naked on stage and the boys were not. And I said, mm -hmm. that was sexist of her. And she yes. was like chastened because yeah. she was this rampant feminist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wild-eyed liberal and loved and mm -hmm. but I'm telling you that's I think that's what it's about. This is a this a is a campaign by men to keep this as concealable as possible until the last your favorite on Saturday night live this season, Leslie Jones, I believe her name oh, says. I love her. She did she's now the relationship expert on Ugh. Weekend Update and last night she said if we want to know why women are crazy, it's cuz we have to date you and date you until we find out how small it is. <laughs> That's how she was talking about a woman, a real news story, a woman who got trapped in the chimney of a man she met online. And she said, that's how you get to that place. That's how you don't know. Got trapped in his chimney? Got trapped in a wow, chimney. Wow, that's yeah. a story I'll have to follow up on that. Well, with that in mind, let's hear what the let's girls have what to say. Let's hear what the women have the to say. The ladies had to say on this time. I don't know if their, their responses were similar. We'll see. Hi, this is Taylor from Texas. And um, I just wanted to leave a message about how I feel about no full frontal male nudity in Fifty Shades of Grey, and I think it's bullshit, total bullshit, and that movies need more of the D. I'm tired of tits. What can I say? Oh, right. Okay, well, Taylor, well, that's it. Nailed it. Let's Nailed see, it. Let's see if the next woman was a little bit gentler. Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie with no full frontal nudity from Mr. Grey. What the shit is this? I don't care about Fifty Shades of Grey. I want to see Fifty Shades of the Dick. That's what folks want to see. They want to see IMAX size Fifty Shades of the Dick. Give me the IMAX size right? dick. <laughs> 3D dick. See, women are ready. Women are ready. Women are not behind this puritanical nonsense. Well, and you definitely have been more immersed in this culture oh, with the, dealing with the romance and erotica writers as you oh, have been yeah. lately. Their their reaction to sexuality is much franker and much more. Well, E.L. James wrote this fucking book in the first place. Listen, and you can think whatever you want about this book. This book is a fantasy shared by a huge number of women. You know, the, the idea of this incredibly dominant and controlling, successful, icy, detached man who communicates with you via sex and sex games. The idea of being able to seduce and eventually subdue that man, because I believe that's the ending of the trilogy, is an incredibly appealing fantasy. And all of these women are able to write about their fantasies for the first time because of the ebook revolution, because it's given so much fire to the erotic romance genre, because you can read whatever you want anywhere you want on your Kindle and nobody can see the cover. We've got Bigfoot porn, which I bring up every episode of the Dinner Party Show. Yes, there was a big discussion of it at BentCon last week. And that's a very appropriate place to talk about Bigfoot porn, is BentCon. But the point is, is that... <laughs> 
Oh, pretty bent. Never a wrong place to talk about Bigfoot porn. No, absolutely not. The not point on the is, party show. is that this is I, this is, in my opinion, it's about women seizing their fantasies, and it and it allows people who are willing to read and and tip in to learn what women maybe really want, as opposed to what the stereotypes suggest that they want. I think Luke's comments haven't really been borne out by the books I've been reading. They're very explicit. There are very explicit instructions in there for a man who wants to read them. They tell you where to put your hands, where to put your tongue, and what to say while you're doing well, it. Well, that's yeah. nice. So, yeah, how to. I And I always think studio executives are very naive about – they always seem astonished that women go to the movies at all. Right. So right. I guess they're trying to make the the fanboy version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, if you're not making this for women, who are you making it for? Uh, if you're not making why it make for— Why make this movie? I, I think this must be why Charlie Hunnam left, because he could see where this was headed, that they weren't yeah. committed to the project. Because that's what this says to me, is that they're not committed to making this film. Well, and there have been rumblings in Hollywood that E.L. James might feel the same way. I don't know. They're unconfirmed reports. That, that you know, like that they're they're— Trying to water down and dilute what it really is. And but she's drying her tears with $1,000 bills. <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> that said, I will say that um, I, I think people make too much of this. I'm going to call it a meme, right? Because it's sort of caught on as a sort of repetitive thing. They keep calling it Twilight fan fiction. And I've seen the first Twilight movie and I read the first Fifty Shades of Grey. And aside from very superficial uh, similarities... That doesn't get at the core of what this is. Calling it Twilight fan fiction really dismisses the sexual aspect of it, which is maybe 80 to 90 percent of the whole book. Um, calling it Twilight fan fiction makes it seem like it's just about a girl mooning over a guy. Oh, that just it, sounds like marketing to it's me. Just, and it's not. And I think if they're trying to get the Twilight crowd to this movie, they're making a big mistake. Because yeah. I don't think that's who read this book. No, I, I not, just at, don't. All. not at all. Not at all. This women, grown mm-hmm. women, not... Giggly teenage girls who wanted sparkly, sexless vampires to yeah. um, cuddle them without any expectation of, I don't know, reasonable behavior. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let alone sex. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that's it. So I, I was very amused by the difference in reactions between how philosophical the men were on the topic and how um, completely pissed off the women were. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I'm with you, girls. Like, I just, it just, I heard the announcement on the entertainment shows and I just thought, well, that is the limit. Yeah. Yeah. Why make this movie? We have comments on this topic from our Facebook page as well. Paige Prince, otherwise known as Mama Kitty, for those who call her a friend, says this. I read the books. I read the books. Excuse me. And I think they're doing a disservice to the adaptation by not including all of the wobbly bits. The book's big deal is that it's so risque and has allowed housewives everywhere to cross their own boundaries and spice up their lackluster sex lives. Shouldn't the movie follow the same ideals? Yes, we think so. I'm in the medical field, she says, and it's all just skin to me, but the todger isn't something that's widely shown on screen, but it should be. Like maybe it would be demystified and people would calm down about it. Well, Kara Leah Sweet says this is latent homophobia and that the predominantly male run Hollywood machine is worried that men won't go to movies if they think they'll have to see a penis. It is idiocy. Do you think it's homophobia? I guess you could make a case for it. I just honestly think that it is this ridiculous sort of double standard. It's it's the belief that women aren't like that. Yeah. That, you know, obviously with men, you want to – you have to see everything. And, and men are more visually stimulated. I, I think that 
biologically, you know, that we tend to be more in that sort of vein. But I, I you know, when I was working on Queer's Folk, one of the things that greatly surprised me that was that the big audience for those shows mm-hmm. was women. Yes. Because just like two men enjoying seeing two women together because it's all the bits that they like to see – Women apparently enjoyed seeing two men together because it was nothing but what they were interested in. It always surprises me that there's always a woman on the cover of women's magazines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that just yeah. seems like a strange choice to me. Like, right. like really, is that what most appeals to you is seeing other women? Or would you like to see like I, I don't know. Like I, I would be interested in the I'm not a woman, so women's response to that, but I've always thought it was an unusual choice. It's very rare that they put men on the cover of women's magazines. Yeah, very much so. I will also say that I had a woman friend say to me that she enjoys watching gay porn because if she watches straight porn, she feels a sense of either competition or um, a sense that the woman is inauthentic, that she's not really enjoying it. And then when you remove the woman from that equation, she actually enjoys it more. She just likes watching the two guys play like, with each other. And I think it's whatever. Like, enjoy yourself. I, I, yeah. I, I think we're all caught up in leftover Victorian American prudery and nonsense around this particular topic. And I think things like Fifty Shades of Grey can break down those barriers and move us to a place where we're just less uptight about the topic in general. And homophobia or not, I think we are totally uptight on this particular topic. Tommy Sweeney on our Facebook page says, why are censors so terrified of penises? I happen to think they're gorgeous. Right? They're kind if you're of looking great. at the right penis, it I'm is. I'm crazy about mine. Yeah, I like mine too. <laughs> I don't know that I would just show it to everybody, but I'm really fond of it. You actually will be as part of our new contest on the dinner party show. <laughs> oh, Win dear. a picture of Eric's penis to I... celebrate the absence of full frontal male nudity. I should clearly have gone to that marketing meeting. <laughs> That'll teach me. Well, you know, we could talk about penises all night here on the dinner party. We really show. could, and we probably will talk about them as, as much as possible, and certainly after the show. Um, I will say, have you ever tried to back a woman to the wall? Maybe that's not the best. No, I never have. <laughs> have you ever tried to get a woman to give you a straight answer? On whether or not size matters. Well, I think women are cagey about it because they don't want to discourage anybody. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have. It can be a real boner shrinker to have somebody say, "Well, I'm, you know, like I'm just enormous." And if you, you know, if it's not a foot and a half long, where you feel like, right. well, okay, well, then that's that lets me out. You don't want to like discourage other people. And and you know, is I think it was Adam. What's his name? Adam Carolla. I uh-huh. once heard him say it. Maybe the only thing I can remember the man saying, you know, if it's little, you just double down on the oral sex. And I think that no woman would complain about that. Well, right. That's always whatever. I mean, like, I think that's what happens is you ask them the question, not to stereotype all women. You ask them the question. They say, does size matter? And they remember the last time they were penetrated by a small guy. And they say, yes. And then they remember the guy going down on them. And then they say, wait, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because that's literally, it's like a two-stage answer every time I ask. <laughs> yeah, it matters. And then their eyes go off in the distance and then they go, no, 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 it doesn't really matter. Because he's encouraged to do other things. Yeah. Like, I, you know, lesbians seem to have a great time in the sack and there's no penis anywhere in the room. So, like, whatever. Well, well yeah, sometimes there are fake penises in the room. Well, there can be fake penises in the room with a man and a woman. There's no reason that that can't be included in could the game. Well, could you do that? Could you, like, have a fake penis? Doesn't Isn't it like a statement that your penis isn't enough? I I'm honestly not that interested in when they're not attached to anybody. Right. But like, yeah, whatever. Like I had a proctologist once. He had the hands. 
God, those fingers. I still think about those fingers. Oh, Dr. Rosenthal, where are you today? <laughs> Is anybody still working on our show? I saw people walking out yeah, of the booth during think, that yeah, last segment. I think that people were running, screaming from the building. Yeah, every every uh, every dinner party show we have about five minutes, which we call Let's Weed Out the Most Conservative Anne Rice Fans we picked up during yeah. our last marketing See ya. Drive. Thanks for stopping by. Happy anniversary. Well, one of our opening... One of our opening questions tonight was, um, you know, what's it like to write when you're a dick? So uh, <laughs> it's like this. This was basically the show of the what's dick it show. like to write about dick. Yeah. Right? It's like that episode of uh, Seinfeld where they tried to see how many times they could say penis. I think, <laughs> I think we may have broken their record. We may have. All right. Now it's time for what I'm going to call the Jenny Johnson promo. It's our dessert <laughs> promo, which hangs out here in the middle of nothing. And uh, what I'm going to do, just for good measure, is add in a little promo for the flame while we're at it, just to make it, you know, make sense. Good. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm Christopher Rice. And why are you looking at me like that, Eric? Well, I just finished reading The Flame, your first erotic romance, and I must say you know a lot more about a woman's body than I thought. Thank you, I guess. I don't actually think you're the best judge of that, but whatever, I'll take the compliment. Truth be told, there are all sorts of bodies on display in the flame, whereas Christopher's body is usually on display on his Facebook page. All right, page. come on now. The flame is now on sale through the dinnerpartyshow.com and at Amazon. It's the passionate tale of a magical scented candle that helps the person who lights it follow their heart's desires. So that's what we're calling it now. Just finish before you ruin the right. promo. Ruin a promo? How could I possibly do that? You mean by singing this song again like I did the last time? Erotic, erotic, I'm put leaving. your hands all over my body. Erotic, <laughs> erotic, put your hands all over my body. That's all I know of that song. Is there more to that song or is that the no, whole thing? No, I couldn't believe when we went to record that promo that you didn't know that song. We had to play it for you and you had to learn those very complicated it's lyrics. It really is tricky. And that multi-octave really tune. I think know? I really was. I did an amazing sort of, I think I captured it. Really, yeah. You captured Madonna's amazing range. Absolutely. She's the hell of a singer, that girl. She really is. <laughs> You know, if you had told me maybe eight years ago that I was going to be publishing a book about a magical scented candle. And giving me one. And giving you one. I have the magical scented candle. I wonder if it will inspire all of my dreams to come true. Absolutely. It doesn't really do that. It it inspires <sighs> you to live out your sexual fantasies. But of course, every time I pitched the story to a man, they were like, oh, so like if you light the candle, you can get fisted. And I was like, no, no, it's with a person. It's Ew. like a person that you want to be with. It's a romance novel. It's not about a fetish. It's about it's about a relationship that you desire. Well, you know, who are you to tell other people what their fantasies ought to I, be? I'm not. I, but I can tell you what's going to fucking happen in the series because I'm writing the damn thing. And it's not they're not going to be any fisting because I'm not into that. <laughs> well. I, I think that's – I've written straight porn. <laughs> you have. And in fact, I got a tweet the other day from lovely Laura Watson who said she read one of your queerest folk novelizations, Always Have, Always Will, and loved the dialogue and the pacing. Excellent. Those are for available for sale in our store. Yes. And they're the great fun. Show.com. They're great fun. I had a great time writing those. And the Pam books, even Pam said, a.k.a. the drunken whore, said that um, – <laughs> Here we go. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Only took me 30 seconds to reach that hotkey. Right? Um, I was wondering, like, what's going on? What's it going to be? 
Um, but I got full credit for, yeah, I wrote all the sex in those books. And it was pretty well received. In fact, Matt Lauer was scandalized. It doesn't take much to scandalize Matt Lauer. That's what happened to his hair. Yeah, I guess so. He read that book. Listen, let's talk about what's coming up on the Dinner Party Show. We're going out of town again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving is coming up. But we have a very special episode. Uh, we have two very special yes. um, upcoming episodes. The first one, we're doing a special encore presentation of, uh, we're going back to Thanksgiving at Live from Poison Creek. Live from L. The- Sams and Christopher and I have a special intro and uh, original material um, added to our special Let's encore presentation. Gussy up that encore presentation. It's coming on Don't You Speak Ill of It. And But then, coming up on the, it's the 30th, right? Yeah, the November last, 30th. Um, Christopher um, did a series of interviews with uh, all of the, his gang from the Romantic Times Convention in New Orleans. The Flame, which we've been talking about all night, my first erotic romance novella, is part of a series called A Thousand and One Dark Nights. And I went to the Romantic Times Convention, as Eric just said, and I interviewed all of the other authors who were featured in 2014. The series is ongoing, and it will have actually twice as many authors next year, including me. But in 2014, there were one author per month, and every one of them is interviewed. They were all asked scary, uh, excuse me, sexy and penetrating questions. <laughs> penetrating. And I asked word. them questions while they were drunk. So, because it was New Orleans and everybody's drunk right, in New Orleans all the, the time. that's the best way to ask questions. We've got and, a full bar here at the dinner party show. Absolutely. But we don't drink any of it. We just leave it for our guests we to leave get it drunk. for Jenny Johnson. For Jenny Johnson. And then she has fun stuff to say about our promos. That's that was correct. maybe my was favorite. really hysterical. If you have not downloaded the podcast of our Jenny Johnson interview, just download it for that. Because it, oh my God. That was, the whole, the whole whole evening was wonderful but yeah literally at that moment everyone on the entire staff was in, on the floor laughing everybody in the booth disappeared yeah absolutely so uh, well, let's leave off with a little holidayness where are you with with your christmas village when does when does the construction of greater christmasville greater begin? christmasville will actually begin immediately upon my return from um the desert from uh, from thanksgiving festivities so I guess it's the first. How many days? Thirty days has September, April, June, and oh November. So yeah, so We're, that's math. We Monday the math. Monday the first of December. I think is the way that it will okay. work out. I will be underway. Maybe if I get back on the thirtieth, I may even go out. Like what I did last year was, I went out that night and um, bought a Christmas tree and had it delivered so that I could hit the ground running. But I probably will be doing some pre-decorating. Like I've got to go to Kmart and get the glimmer snow this next week and probably some pre-decorating around the house just to sort of get ahead of the game. Christmas is serious fucking business at Eric Shaquin's house, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. And it's also serious business here on the Dinner Party Show. Not really, but it made for a nice segue. And given that my earlier transitions this evening were not exactly smooth, smooth. I thought I would go out on a better note. Well, <laughs> this has been another special edition of You're the Guest here on the Dinner Party Show. Happy anniversary, Eric Shaw Quinn. Happy anniversary, Christopher Rice, and all the partyverse. Happy anniversary to our show. Eric Shaw Quinn and I are not a couple. If you are a tall British crime solver, you should totally look Eric up on Facebook and solve his crime. <laughs> Baby, or be my partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough penis for tonight. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks.
I've been to a marvelous party. 